Um, all right, opening scripture. Kari, we're going to start. I'm going to read two different passages of scripture, and it is going to be through um, in Proverbs. We're going to start with Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. If you have your Bibles, you can get them out. If not, Kari will get it on the screen. I have faith. It is in the new, um, the NIV tonight. Proverbs 9, 13 through 18 says, Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of her city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 23 says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gates, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockers and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you, and I will make my, te- my teachings known to you. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the night. We thank you for the many blessings that you give to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for being able to be here in your house, Lord. Lord, we lift up all of these prayer requests that come to you. And Lord, we know know that you're here, and we know that you hear us, and we know that you hear these requests. And Lord, you are the great healer, and you are the great comforter. And you have a reason for everything. It's beyond our comprehension But you have a reason, and you have a will, and you have a process. And, Lord, we just give ourselves to you in that process. Lord, we ask that you give strength to the families. We give strength to the members that are going through it, Lord, and that you just ease the pain and suffering and make their tests that they go through become testimonies as they come later on. And now, Lord, as I speak tonight, Lord, as your humble servant, I just ask that words don't come from me but come from you, Lord, because I need to hear them and hopefully... Everyone here will hear something from you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so tonight, if you haven't guessed, we're going to go... Um, I read one proverb from Folly and one from um, about wisdom. So my sermon tonight is titled, Wisdom versus Folly. When I started out, and I, when I do something like this, I'll, I'll search and I'll look through... And I use BibleGateway.com. It, you know, people get like hooked in their ways, and I know pastors got his. And I, so I looked through BibleGateway.com, and my search for folly, I had 40 hits. Okay, 40 different times in the NIV, the Bible talks about folly and how foolish. And but when you search for wisdom, it's 219, which you know, if you go by the law of you know. Law of order, the sugar's on the back of the Skittle package that Pastor's got in his office. Um, you know that the 219 is way more important than the 40. Um, if my Cubs 
We're 219 and 40 over the next two years. We're going to have two World Series rings on their hands. So I'm just saying 219 over 40 is, is a little more important, um, is the wisdom. So Nancy and I, I've mentioned before, we have breakfast together and coffee, and we'll do a Bible study in the morning time. And we read Proverbs of the day, whether it's, um, you know, the, whether, no matter what the book is, we'll start with the Proverbs of the day. And we usually discuss back and forth with, you know, which one is the one we're going to pick. Here's our marching orders for the day. And we got to talking, and it was, um, and if you guys haven't guessed, Nancy's probably more the wisdom, and I'm probably more the folly if we just had to throw that out there at the front end. But she was reading this, and she's like characterizing these two of folly and wisdom. And when you, when it talks about folly, it's an unruly woman. And pastors said before, that's not just a woman; that's a person. Okay, folly's an unruly person. They're, you know, they they know nothing. They're simple-minded. Um, and she gets this image. She gets this image of who who is folly. She has this image of this person instead of you know it's like wisdom has been here before you know it's been with God since you know before time the Bible says and so you've got these things of folly and wisdom so what we did is I is I asked the question to myself is who is folly if we have to put it into a person who is folly and so to go back and reread it says folly is an unruly woman she is simple and knows nothing She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of her city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Now, it's kind of funny because... Yesterday, I had a whole bunch of people in mind just from the day before that I were going to use examples of folly. And then today, I'm sitting here reading, and this morning, I'm, I'm thinking, stolen water is sweet. How funny is that? My, past, uh, my, past, my partner and I went to Golden Corral, which is the only time I get to go because my wife hates buffets. So I go to Golden Corral today with Dan, and we are in line. And there's a couple in front of us. And the wife reaches in and she gets out. They, they have clear glasses, clear plastic glasses. That way to register at the register. They can see what's being bought, if it's a Coke or sweet tea or whatever. And, so, and the husband's like, no, 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 put that down. And they get a to-go cup. And I'm thinking, I do that too because when I'm done eating and I'm going to be working, um, I take the strongest, hardest sweet tea and I fill it full of ice when I leave, and then as the day goes on and it melts, you can just take sweet tea and just stir it up. And it's just weaker sweet tea, but it's still sweet tea, okay? So I'm thinking that's all he's doing. And he fills it, and he's shy of the top, and they get to the register, and the cashier rings up two lunches, and she rings up two drinks. And the guy's, oh, no, 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 that's water. And so I'm like, you just made my sermon tonight. Stolen water is sweet. How cool is that? I mean, it just laid right out in front. But is this not the people that we see if you think of folly as a person? Um, a woman of folly, loud, brash, obstinate, 
Okay, I'm just saying. But I thought immediately of some of them people that show up at Walmart in the middle of the night in their pajamas and flip-flops and whatever, and they're just like loud, and they just, you know, hey, can you go? I, I don't see that here. Can you just run on back there? I mean, they're just, they're like overbearing. They're just this loud person that's overbearing, and, and they're like, I'm stupid. I got into it one time with a guy on the Internet. Pastor had no clue of what was going on. And I don't remember this street sign, but it was posted on Facebook, and it said sometimes um, it's, you know, sometimes it's not... I don't know, the choices we make, sometimes you're just stupid. I mean, sometimes you just do, I mean, you do stupid things. But it says sometimes you are stupid. So it implied that the person was stupid, not that they did a stupid thing. And so, I don't know, I put on there, I answered, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. Some people are just stupid. And, and I said, I like to do what my pastor says, is read my Bible and say my prayers and make good choices. And this dude thought that pastor made that comment. Dude, he went off two pages, I mean, just like this long on Facebook, about how as Christians, we're not supposed to call somebody stupid. And so I'm just going to go back and just like right here, I happen to be in Proverbs, Proverbs 12, if any of you guys read it on the 12th, it says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I mean, I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite ones. I read it to my son every 12th. <laughs> I need to call up and read it to all three of my sons every 12th. But, you know, this is the person that this, this description of this person, this folly, is this person that, you know, cuts in the food lines or cuts in lines or you're at, fair, you're at the fair and, you know, you turn and you talk because you got three or four grandkids coming running around and they see that chance, and they just kind of slide right in. You know, this is the person that you see at Lenopolero who sit there, and they're talking and having a great time, and there's four, five, six of them, and they're having a really good grand old time. And then when they're done, it's like, you know, and then, can I see the manager? Yeah, this, this was just horrible. And just, you know, and they go on. And they work so hard at their folly that they just, they just don't get it. And it's this, it's this image of this woman or this man, just this brash person going, hey, check out all these ways that I can do things. Stolen water is sweet. Come on. You just fill your cup a little low, do, put it in the to-go cup, and then they're not going to know. And you can say it's water. Yeah, I was standing from me to a listen. I can look and see it's dark fluid in the cup. You can see through it. You can see through your folly. You're not getting away with anything. You just think you are getting away with something. Now, I only picked out about three verses for folly. And I mentioned there was 40. And there's a whole lot that we can talk about folly. And we could go on all week if we talked about folly. As a matter of fact, it was kind of funny because Keon comes up and he goes, dude, I forgot Pastor wasn't going to be here. Have you got 35 minutes in you? And I'm like, me? <laughs> really? 35 minutes? I can talk for you. We can go on this one verse on folly for 35 minutes. But in an effort to get us out of here at a decent time tonight, I picked out just a couple. Um, 
In Proverbs 18, I put 2 and 13 together, and I don't know if she can get up on the screen together. There we go. Um, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. And to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So I kind of thought they go together a little bit because most of the time when I'm talking to, and I'll just say one of my children because it usually is, but when I'm talking to someone that has this air about them, that has this folly, this foolish, is they're not, they're not trying to listen. They're, they're trying to, and, and they're not really paying attention to you. They're, they, they're giving you a smidgen of respect by mm-hmm, nodding, and, but they're not really all there when they're doing this. And they're not listening, they're not understanding, but, but as soon as you get a little break or grab a little glass of water, they are airing their own opinions, they are answering before they listen, you get halfway into the sentence, well, Dad, I, you know, you're, I already did that. And I'm like, really? Well, did you do this? And, you know, they, there's, there's so many things that we learn as we go through life. And I believe that part of this wisdom versus folly has a little bit to do with age. Because I was driving down the other day, I was talking to Nancy, and I said, you know, man, at 55... I've learned a lot. I mean, I really have. I've learned a lot. Now, I'm nowhere, I don't have it all. Sometimes I think I do, but I don't have it all. And yet, when I try to impart some of this wisdom on my children, it is just so mind-blowing because they just won't listen. And my 26-year-old is the craziest of them all because he tells the other two, hey, my entire life, Dad's spot on. Every time, he's exactly right. I don't do anything he says. He tells them that. I don't do anything he says, and my life's a wreck right now because I just want to find out for it on my own. Okay? Is that, I mean, is that just not a little bit of folly going on right there? That's a little bit of foolishness going on right there? Okay, I've seen him be right once. I've seen him be right twice. I've seen him be right 103 times. He's 103 and 0. He's 117 and 0. And on the 108, he finally came to me and says, Dad, I just I came up here to spend some time with you because I just love when you talk to me and you give me advice. And he says, I just, you know, it just makes me feel so good. And I said, I'm out, dude. I got none. You, you, I, I've given it all to you, and you don't, you haven't taken one. I'm just done. Let's just go shoot some pool. I'm done. I mean, it, you know, sometimes it's just beyond. In Proverbs five twenty one through twenty three, it says, "For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and He examines all your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them; the cords of their sin hold them fast." For lack of discipline, they will, be, they will die led astray by their own great folly. Now, I just mentioned that I can see that dude's sweet tea from me to Alyssa. Okay? The Bible, you're in full view of God. Make no mistake about it. You are in full view of God.
and nothing's going to get by. He might put that little lid on there, but God sees that. The Bible says that your folly will be exposed. Your sin will be exposed. The things that you're doing, you might get away once, you might get away twice. I mean, I've heard pastors say before, too, that if you ever get caught, oh, man, that was my first time. No, it wasn't. No, that was the first time you got caught. That wasn't the first time you did it, right? There's a difference. And, but you, you will be whatever the thing is that you're doing that's foolish. You might get away, and you might get away, you might get away, but it will come down in on top of you. And a lot of times, the consequences are hard. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't matter if it's drinking and adultery or if it's gossiping. It's going to come back and bite you in the back. And it's going to come back to you because no matter how careful you think you're being, you are in full view of God. You can't run and you can't hide. You are in full view of God. And then Proverbs 19.3. I love this one. A person's own folly leads to their ruin. Yet their heart rages against the Lord. So, does anyone here know any young people that it's always, well, it was the manager's fault that I got fired. I don't know. Man, that wasn't me. I'm on my fourth job in three weeks. But, dude, they're just horrible. I don't know what they're doing with managers here in Middleburg or here in Jacksonville, but they just don't know what they're doing. I mean, I show up late three or four times in a row, and they just, you know, cut my pay, fire me, let me go. That's silly because I was right there in the parking lot on time. I just had to talk with my – because, you know, they showed up. And so, you know, my mom showed up, so I had to talk to her, and I couldn't go inside to my work on time. I don't know. What kind of excuses we get? I had a guy that used to work for me. It was so funny. He always had a double excuse every single morning he was late. He never, ever called up and said, hey, man, I'm not feeling good today. Are we busy or can I have off? Never. Not one time. He always called me up. Dude, I've been up all night, and it's just been coming out both ends, and I tried to start my truck, and the battery was dead. Really? This was every this was every time he was sick, every time he needed to be off for some reason, I kid you not, he had a double just something double every time. Man, I stepped on that nail the other day and my foot was hurting and I was coming, but I got caught by the train, so I just went ahead and went home. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. Those two were actual excuses that he used. He stepped on a nail, his foot hurt, but the train came, so that just made him turn around and go home. Okay? So, a person's own folly will lead to your ruin. But here's the thing. you got to understand that it's your own fault. Right? It's your own fault. You're leading yourself to ruin when you're doing these things. When you're out there being stupid, even as smart as we, being a little bit older, and have gained some worldly knowledge... Even as old as we think, or as old as we are, and we think we've got just a little bit and we're a little bit smarter, still we do foolish things. I mean, I had the Lord watching over me the other night because one of my foolish things is um, <laughs> I just, 
if there's nobody around at all, what is the reason for a stop sign and not having a yield sign there, right? I mean, you just kind of ease on up. You, check, you slow down. You don't go through. I'm not going through them at 35 or 40. I go up and, like, slow. And so I was with Nancy the other night, and just, you know, all of a sudden blue lights behind me, and she's like, was it because you didn't stop at that stop sign? I'm like, probably, <laughs> you know. And the guy was really nice, and he, you know, he let me off with a strong warning. And I'm like, I was really appreciative. But here's the thing. That wasn't my first stop sign that I rolled through. Okay, I got a little folly going on right there with stop signs. And I think about it all the time. It's like, man, I'm going to be so mad at that dude if he pulls me over. How many people get mad at police officers when they pull you over? I mean, really? You, you do. You get, you get mad. But here's the thing. Um, it's not the first time you did it. I was in Louisiana, and I had Andrew at three years old in a car seat with a suit bag in the back of my pickup truck because it was just a regular cab pickup truck. And when I hit 63 miles an hour, the suit bag started to come up like it was going to fly out the back, and it had my suit in it. I was on a business trip. And it was like, <laughs> and so I'm like, ah, speed limit 70. I can only do 62 and a half. Otherwise, I'll lose my suit. Right? And so I'm pulling, and, and I come up. I actually come up with someone that's going slower than me, and it's one of these big rock trucks. So my windshield is just, and I'm like, man, I got to get out. And so I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking. I see these two cars are racing. They're flying in the left-hand lane, and I'm in the middle. And it's kind of like a big curve, and it's one of these big six-foot walls in the middle. And these two dudes went by me. And as soon as the second guy, I had it timed. As soon as the second guy, phew, man, I was right over. And as soon as I changed lanes, I passed a car, a cop car in the middle. And I see him do this and look up. And we made eye contact. And he came out and pulled me over. Gave me a ticket for doing 92 miles an hour. And I'm like, officer, I can prove to you. He says, boy, you better be quiet. Just take this ticket. And I'm like, but you don't understand. I can prove to you. Would you please get in your car and follow me for one mile? And when I break 63, my suit's going to fly out of the back, and then you'll know that that wasn't me. And it was those two guys that are way down there right now that you need to be calling ahead. They're crazy. They're driving all over. They're crazy. And it wasn't me. And so he gave me the ticket. I told him I'd pray for him. He said, another word, you're going to jail. And I said, oh, yes, sir. So I took my ticket, and then I immediately went to my buddy, who was the assistant state attorney, and I'm like, Pat, dude, this is the story. And I'm like, you got to get me out of this thing, man. It's 92 miles an hour, and this is crazy. I didn't do it. He goes, you've done it before, though, hadn't you? And I went, yeah. And he goes, just take your ticket and pay it. <laughs> right? Your folly will be exposed. And here's the thing. We have to learn that... We can't rage against the Lord. We can't rage against those that find us out. <clears throat> so, that's your folly person. So, who is wisdom? Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, 
Come and eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Notice that it's an invitation. It's not saying, hey, let's go steal some. It's an invitation to come into my house. Leave your simple ways and you will live and walk in the way of insight. So if we described folly and now we're going to describe this woman of wisdom where I start with is in the first verse where it says she has set up its seven pillars. Um, and I thought this was kind of cool because I had never known this before about a year ago. But the seven pillars are actually found in James 3.17. And in James 3.17, it says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. And when I was doing this, and I had mentioned I was going to mention my mom earlier, that's my mom right there. And she was really smart, too. Um, she took care of me a long time. She took care of Andrew when I needed her to step in. Um, she was considerate of people. Um, she was submissive. Even though she was my mom, she let me run my household. Um, full of mercy and good fruit. Um, the best way that I can describe my mom for me, and this is a lot different than a lot of people will, but was the day before she passed when I was talking about it earlier. She was so concerned because she knew, she knew that um, mine and Andrew's life had been intertwined since the beginning. And um, when Nancy and I married, she stepped in, became a great mom to Andrew. And my mom was there before Nancy for a few years. And then, you know, she came back. We were able to have her live in this house um, with us and were able to help take care of her. And um, that was a blessing. And here's the crazy thing is, as many times as pastor says, send the flowers while they're still alive, I still, I still, even though she lived in my house and I made sure she had everything she needed and she still took care of things, I still don't think I did enough for her. Um, you always want more. You're never, you're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to be satisfied with, you know, and you have the right attitude. No regrets. Lay it out. Do all that you can do for your parents. Because I can tell you that with my mom gone just six months ago, that I don't feel afterwards. I mean, we can look and we can sit and talk about all the cool things that we did with my mom, yet it's never going to be enough. And I can feel that I still didn't do enough. But yet my mom, she was so considerate. And she knew that Andrew was 18. She knew that he was going to be moving on with his life. And she knew that, and it was. It won't ever be duplicated. And I missed the trip, which was, I would have rather been with my mom than even have spent one day. But the point was, is as cool of a trip as that was for me, she wasn't even, like, it was a bigger deal to her. It was a bigger deal to my mom and that, that she took care of me and made sure that my needs were met. 
And it doesn't have to be a mother or a father. It doesn't have to be a parent. It can, I mean, brothers and sisters do this with each other. Good friends do this with each other. Christian brothers and sisters should be doing this with each other, is showing this sincerity, showing this, you know, being impartial, hugging, you know, hugging, holding, being there when we need each other. You know, this is the thing that the seven pillars here are built on. Wisdom is seen, folly cried out, but was brash. Wisdom is crying out, but wisdom, you see this picture of this crying out is, please, please, I have a better way for you. Please, don't be stupid. If you're simple, stop. Learn, come and gain the knowledge. You know, I want you to come out here. Teachers, probably more teachers, I mean, I don't know, 90, 95% of the teachers have this. They're, you know, have this where they want the kids to be there. And they want the kids to improve. And James can probably tell you, if as the kids are showing improvement, the teachers are involving, they're like, finally, somebody Someone that's got a little bit, they've got this desire to turn away from their foolishness and to turn away from being simple. And this picture of wisdom, you know, is this, is this picture to me, is this picture of my mom. But she's like, you know, Jimmy, don't be stupid. Come here. I've got a better way. What if you did this? What if you did this? So w- wisdom is crying out, and she's begging people to come to her to gain the beginning of wisdom, to start wisdom, which we know the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. The beginning of knowledge is to fear the Lord. And so she's trying to get these people to get rid of their stupid, brash, obstinate ways and to come gain knowledge of the Lord so that you can have something that's much better than this way of folly. So I had a couple more Proverbs that won't be up on the screen because there was five or six of them, and I'm just going to kind of read through. And I had them under folly because they had folly on them. And then I was like, well, maybe I need to put them under wisdom because they have wisdom underneath them. And then I came up with this bright idea of wisdom versus folly, which is where I got the title of the sermon. In Proverbs 12.23, it says, The prudent keep their knowledge to themselves, but a fool's heart blurts out their folly. And when I read this, the first thing that came to my mind was Facebook. I mean, you know, when you find something out, when something comes to you, when it's a... Alyssa, when you got a job offer, you just didn't blurt out on Facebook, hey, everybody, I got a job offer. You sat down with Jason, and they talked about it, and they prayed about it. They were prudent about it. They kept it within themselves to make a wise choice. They moved forward in wisdom. They just didn't blurt out, you know, 
Man, I got a new job. That old place is history. They're trash. They don't treat you good anyway. Can't stand anybody that was there. And then she walks in and the new place. Oh, you, that's not really what you said. Let me see if I can go get my job back. Oh, you read that on Facebook? I mean, I'm, that's a scenario, right? I mean, why? Why are we blurting this stuff out on Facebook? Just that quick, as soon as something happens. Have good judgment. Proverbs 13, 15 through 16 says, Good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction. All who are prudent act with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. Again, the whole theme, everything that I've been running through here is whether you expose it or the Lord expose it. It doesn't matter what you're doing or how long you've gotten away with it, even if it's 30 years it will be exposed, and it will be exposed at exactly the right time that God wants it exposed, but it's going to be exposed. In Proverbs 14, 8, it says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. They try to deceive. They try to work. They wink. They nod. They shuffle. They car, use car salesmen. I mean, you know... <laughs> They, it, it just doesn't make sense. Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Again, just over and over and over. How many times does God have to tell us this before we get it? I'm 55 and don't have it all the way yet. I'm a little foolish sometimes. <coughs> Almost had me a $1,500 boat that didn't exist. Except for my prudent wife. And about eight seconds, I'd have had a $1,500 nothing. Because I got scammed. I mean, I thought I checked it out, too. Found it online, looking for the jewel in the rough. You know, I mean, I had this. This boat was gorgeous. It was, it was a 95. So I'm thinking, okay, it's 21 years old. But, James, it was a 22-foot Grady White with a Cuddy cabin with an Ocean Runner 175 in mint condition. And they had it for $1,500. What do you think? Right? Yeah. See? And now here's Nancy. She goes, honey, I understand because you were, like, caught up in it. You wanted the boat. You wanted the boat. You wanted Fully, she's up there. Or Folly, she's up there. You want this boat, Right? And so I was looking for a boat, and so guess what? That diamond in the rough, man, that's a diamond in the rough. Man, it was like, I found this thing, right? So um, I called the guy up. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to come see your boat. Oh, well, it's in at the shipping location right now. It's already in storage. Um, did you see it on Craigslist or eBay? I saw it on Craigslist. Okay, well, I, I went through both, and because I did, I'm going to go through eBay on the, uh, you know, with the, um, with the purchase and everything on eBay. And so what you do is you go down to Walgreens or CVS, you get $500 gift card, three of them, and then you give us the gift card numbers, and then we'll ship you the boat, and then you get five days to try it out. And if you don't like it, you can send it back free of shipping, right? I'm like, sweet. <laughs> Nancy's like, stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, no, baby, I know what happened. The dude just got divorced. His wife wanted to You can tell how clean that boat is. That was just his pride and joy. Man, he's, I wanted that boat so bad. It was just his pride and joy. He kept that thing polished up. And so the wife was going to make him pay and give her half of what he got. And he said, well, I'll show you. And I'm just going to sell it for $1,500. And that's what it'll take in shipping. And then you won't get nothing. 
And that's what my mind rationalized, right? I'm just, does that sound a little folly right there? A little foolish? So anyway, I did check out the website. I checked out the address, and it was the eBay address. I mean, I didn't just, I emailed back four, five, or six times. I got the compressions of the you know, engine. They were all six cylinders hitting at 120. That should have been a ding-ding right there because there's nothing that runs that smooth that's, you know, that old. But, I, I mean, I checked it out. And so Nancy's like, please, she goes, before you do it, would you please at least check the phone number out? And I'm like, I, I got the email from eBay. They gave me the address of the storage unit. I can, take, I can go right there right now, and it's in that storage unit. I know, right, that building right there, building 11. Please, just one, all right. I mean, I had the phone in my hand, had the number dialed out. I was like right there. And I said, okay. So I put, Googled, what's the phone number for eBay? And it popped up with an 800 number. That wasn't the same one I had. And it said, this is the phone number for eBay. And it had a little asterisk. And it said, this is eBay's only toll-free phone number. If you get a phone number other than this from anybody including us, it's fraud. And I'm like, God, my boat. So I Googled the other number. It had been in existence for five weeks. They'd been scamming people, blogs all over. They'd been selling cars and boats. They were getting iTunes gift cards and, you know, eBay gift cards and like that. So the great news is that my wife is prudent and she has much wisdom. The sad part is... I now have to shop on eBay for $1,500 worth of stuff because I can't go get my money back. Um, but we do need a mattress, and we do need a weed. I, I mean, my weed eater is 10 years old, right? So I need a weed eater. Found a Husqvarna on there for $249, right? Um, blower, backpack blower. Those are really cool, so I figure I keep one at the house. So anyway. Huh? No, 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 I didn't send the money. I kept it. So now I get to shop on eBay. I have $1,500 worth of eBay gift cards that cannot be exchanged back. So the good news is, is my wife's persistent at least allowed us to do the shopping instead of the dude to shop with my money. So anyway, I just I wasn't planning on sharing that with everybody, but... Um, <laughs> That just goes to show that after 55 years, we still have a little bit to learn. That's just all I'm, you know, I'm saying. Um, Proverbs 15:21 says, "Folly brings joy to one who has no sense." I was so joyous for about three hours; had no sense at all. But whoever has understanding keeps a straight course. So, um, if we would put back up in the opening verse. Um, Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. And let's expand on it a little bit. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gates, she makes her speech. How long will you, who are simple, love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known my teachings. Make known to you my teachings. And this is where I stopped on the front. But it says, it goes on to say, But since you refuse to listen when I call, 
and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. Since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So, here's the, here's the picture. Is the first one we looked at at the beginning, and it was this picture of wisdom. And she's calling out, and she's begging you, and she's got, I, I've got this better way. And then when you expand on that and you get further into the verses and it says, when no one pays attention, when I give you my advice and you don't listen and you don't accept my rebuke, hello, Eric, 118 to zero, dad was right, and you come to me again and go, what's your advice? Okay? And it says, when calamity overtakes you like a storm. It doesn't say if calamity overtakes you like a storm. So if you're in these foolish ways and you're doing this thing, if you have that sin that you haven't been able to get rid of or you just don't want to because, well, I'm pretty good. I'm like 90% Christian and 10%. I just like to do this one thing. That's just me. And I've got it on the side and I've got it under control and I'm not doing as bad as somebody else. It doesn't say you're not going to get caught. It says when calamity overtakes you like a storm. It says when disaster strikes you. <clears throat> it doesn't say if disaster is going to strike you. So if you're doing this thing, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. And... There's some things that I don't, it's just like completely foolish to me and I completely don't understand. But I'm sure other people look at me um, when I get angry and they're like, dude, I don't understand how he can be a deacon of the church and get angry like that. You know? Well, I, I, the one I struggle with, and Nancy will tell you, I've come a tremendous ways in the 13 years that we've been together. Um, my driver's at Roadway, I was a manager at Roadway Express. And my drivers used to ask stupid questions. And I'm like, when I left, I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm getting out of here. You guys drove me crazy. And they go, oh, we did that on purpose. They said, when we had meetings, we used to ask you stupid stuff. Just see that vein in your neck, man, it would stick out like, you know, a quarter inch out here, run right up your neck. Your face would turn red. You'd have one come down through here like this. And I used to get mad at them. Matter of fact, I got so mad that I used to keep a supply of broken phones in my office so that when I knew I was going to get mad, when I prepared myself to get angry, I would take and replace a broken phone on the dock for the good one and sneak the good one back in my office. And I'd come back out raising cane. I'd take that phone, throw it all the way across, and smash it against the back wall. And they were like, all right. So they may have got me angry. But I knew that was a little prepared anger there. 
Um, but I'm nowhere like that today, and I thank God for that. But people probably look at me and are like, how can you do that? But, you know, I sit here and look at um, pornography. I mean, dude, how, how, can you, how can people do that? And, like, what would happen if your spouse walked in? Man, it's shot. You're done. What's the consequences? And that's what I'm getting to is what's the consequences of the one thing that you're doing? What's the consequences going to be if you're doing the wrong thing and you're sliding by and you're sliding by and you're sliding by and then you get caught and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're sorry that you got caught. You're not sorry that you were doing it. But you will be exposed. And if that thing is disaster enough and it's within your relationship, disaster is going to strike. And it might not be in your relationship and the police might be coming to get you. But whatever it is that you're doing is going to be exposed. It is going to come at you and it is going to be disastrous. So I've gone over tonight. This was going to be a short sermon tonight. Um, I just got into it a little bit. But here is my last question for the night is do you, and ask yourselves this, do you want to end up like a Proverbs 19.3 fool which says a person's own folly leads to their ruin and their heart rages against the Lord? Or do you want to be a Proverbs 1.33 wise man or woman of God which says whoever listens to me will live in safety and will be at ease Without fear of harm. That is not NIV, but that is cool. Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So what do you really want in your life? What do you really want? Because if you're doing the folly thing, if you're doing that one thing, you're going to get caught. It's going to be disastrous. Or do you want to have that joyous life and live in contentment and ease without fear of the Lord. Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this night, Lord. We thank you for the word that you gave, Lord. Um, Lord, hopefully it will touch somebody. Lord, you are awesome, God. You lay all these things out before us. You give us these examples. You teach us over and over and over, Lord. And we thank you, your mercy, your gracious, your loving God. And we have no, there's just no part of us that is worthy of you. And we thank you, Lord, for who you are and for what you do with us. And we just ask now, Lord, as we all make our way home in a few minutes, that you're with us and that we make our way home safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate the opportunity to pour into your lives each week. For more information or to donate to Abundant Life's ministry, please check out our website at www.alcfnow.org.